So, all right, everyone doing great, right? Everybody enjoying the series that we've been in? Yeah, some of you guys are like, what series? <laughs> the Grow series. We've been in a Grow series the last uh, two weeks. Now we're going on our third week. Um, and I'm going to do a, a quick recap or, or catch us up if we uh, uh, missed the last couple of weeks. But we've been talking about the four stages of a believer or someone that's coming to Christ for the first time. The four stages we go through or grow through. Everyone say grow through. And we talked about how the, there's four stages. And the first one is fellowship. The second one is relationship. The third one is discipleship. And the fourth one is lordship. And when one, one uh, boat or another, one ship or another, one of us are in these transitions or in one, and we're supposed to grow through those things. But with the enemy, the devil, Satan, what he's trying to do to every person is make them abandon ship. And we talked about how if the enemy can make us abandon ship, then we don't grow, period. Then we don't grow. And so what I wanted to bring was a teaching of, of what do we do and what does it take for us to continue our growth incline, not just steady, but incline our growth. And we went to Mark chapter 4, which had the parable of the farmers uh, scattering or sowing seed. And I had shared with you guys how so many times when I would, I've read that parable so many times, and there are times where I've thought, well, you know, you want to be like that one person, you want to have good ground in your heart, and you want to make sure that seed gets planted well so it doesn't get taken away in any way. So my mindset was like, well, there's one, one person that we want to be like, three that we don't want to be like. And that's when the Spirit of God showed me, and actually showed a handful of us, uh, but showed me that, hey, it's not about three bad people and one good person. Okay? It's about one bad enemy and what he's trying to do. Because the scriptures uh, in, in Mark chapter 4 uh, distinctly tell us that they received. The, one of the three, they received the word. Okay? But it was so easily taken out because it didn't take root. So receiving is there. Okay? They, they, they were receiving, but because maybe the words of life choked it out or didn't take quick, uh, deep roots, what ended up happening uh, was that, that I started seeing this is about one bad enemy. Not, it's not about the people. It's about the bad enemy and his tactics. And Jesus is showing us through a parable. And by the way, a parable is just a story that Jesus throws alongside with truth so we can have a better understanding. And so two weeks ago, we talked about fellowship, the first ship, okay? And that was fellowship. And it's, it's the exploring God. And I had mentioned to everybody that so many times we could uh, uh, think that fellowship's only within the church, that we only fellowship within the church. But reality is, I was fellowshipping with someone who was a believer before I became a believer. You know, because I was exploring God. I knew God was. You know, I, I believed in God. I just wasn't in relationship with God yet through his son. And so my good friend from seventh grade all the way through high school, all the way through graduation, fellowshiped with me. And fellowshiped. And yeah, I wasn't the best influence, but he loved me no matter what. And I, something just drew me to him, which now I know it was Christ in him. But something just kept drawing me to him, and I wanted to hang out with him. And those times that we were hanging out, those times I would stay the night at his house, or he would try to, you know, relate to me in certain ways, uh, but Christianize it. It, it, was, it was just one of those things where, where I just wanted to be with him, and he had an open access to speak truth into my life. Because he had relationship already, and he knew I needed to get from fellowship to relationship. And so we talked about the first, the first uh, uh, stages of fellowship, and there are people, you may not be in this boat, but there are people that you know that are not quite in relationship yet. And some of you might think, 
salvation is knocking at their door already. They're this close to accepting Christ. And so you're praying things out and you're being there for them and you're doing everything you can. You're fellowshipping with them is what you're doing. And then we said when you, when you grow from fellowship, what, what happens is that they experience, like I did, they experience grace and, and they have a personal encounter uh, with grace. They understand that, well, I'm forgiven? I'm, I, I'm forgiven even what I did when I was younger or what I've gone, I'm forgiven? And they have a belief system now of, wow, what Jesus did, it was for me. And that's when they grow into the relationship. They accept Christ. Now they're in the second uh, stage, which is relationship. And it's literally just talking. Last week we talked about it. It was talking and walking with Jesus. And we were created to do that. We were created to talk and to walk with God. I mean, we gave you kind of three keys or, or three uh, um, things we should apply when we're in relationship with Jesus Christ. And the first one we said is when you're in relationship with Christ, it should be our highest, our relationship should be our highest priority, okay? We, we need to be his sheep. And I told you about a book I read called uh, The Way of the Shepherd. Very, very good book, by the way. And a true story, and whether it was business world or ministry, it was about leading the team or being a sheep. And one of the things that the, the guy did within the book is that he had a flock uh, of sheep, and what he did was he would go there while he was teaching the guy. He would go there, and he would get nitty-gritty with the sheep because he was evaluating. He was checking the health of the sheep. It's so far that he'd stick his fingers up the nose. And, it's, and, and I remember the book, the guy was saying, what, why would you do that? He says, because there are flies that fly up into the brain and lay eggs, and it causes diseases and makes the sheep go crazy. So he had to go in there to check. And if there was something, he would clear it out. And it's disgusting, I know. A lot of you guys are going, <laughs> it's disgusting. But truth is this, our great shepherd, Jesus Christ, gets nitty-gritty with us. Okay? And so when we're in relationship, there's going to be times where Jesus is up in our face and in our Kool-Aid. And saying, what's going on here? What he's doing is he's sticking his fingers up our nose and taking the diseases out. Doubt, fear, all that. And we talked about how we need to allow our great shepherd to do that because it's for our health. It's for our growth. And the reason why that shepherd did that in his flock was because he wanted to make sure his sheep were healthy. That his sheep were strong. That his sheep would have long life. And that his sheep would produce wool, ultimately to warm others. And, and, and so we talked about being in that relationship. We have to make sure that we're the sheep. We have to make our relationship with Jesus Christ our highest priority, okay? And that we were created that way. When you go to Genesis chapter three, uh, we, we looked at Adam. When he was created, he was created to walk in the garden with his father, with God. He was created to do so, and he did. And not only did he walk with them, he listened to them, he talked with them, he fellowshiped with them, he had a relationship. With him. Then we talked about how uh, relationship also with Christ should be our highest pursuit. And how we pursuit is by meditating on his scriptures, meditating on God's word. In other words, pondering and applying, taking what's on the pages here, okay, putting it in here and letting it sink into here. That's meditating, if we could draw a picture out. Taking what's on the pages, bring it into here and let it sink into here. And you, what you're doing is you're hiding his, his, his word. You're pursuing. You're now pursuing your relationship with Christ through Scripture. And Psalms 119.11 says to hide his word in our hearts because ultimately this is where he wants it, in our hearts. And when we hide his word in our hearts, we're able to draw out of that anytime we want. 
I, I even said, it. has anybody ever been in a place where, where you didn't physically have your Bible, but you turned to Scripture, you turned to his word in your heart? And you maybe didn't know what to do, but something you drew out told you you are more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives you strength. You are my beloved child. What you're doing is you're drawing what was hidden in your heart. And then the third thing we said was relationship with Christ should be our highest passion. Should be our highest passion. So many times we have passion for uh, uh, things in our lives. Not bad, it's good. But our highest passion should be our, our relationship with Jesus Christ. I have a passion for the Detroit Lions to win today. Okay? All right, no booing here. <laughs> but my highest passion is my relationship with Jesus Christ. And when we categorize, or when we, wrong word, prioritize that, and say my highest passion is my relationship with my Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ, you will understand right here and then that it takes time for me to sit down. Sit down and just listen. And we went to Luke chapter 10 with Martha and Mary, two sisters. Two sisters that were just, just uh, uh, same, same boat that they were in. Jesus is in the house. They're about to serve Jesus. But one was busy, 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 busy. And the other one was sitting, 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 sitting. And the busy, busy, busy was telling on the sitting, sitting, sitting to Jesus saying, hey, you can tell this girl to help me out. Can you help me here, Jesus? I know I'm paraphrasing it, obviously 2017, but uh, are you, you can tell her to help me out, Jesus. I'm over here busting my butt over here to serve everybody here, and she's just sitting with you. Can I get some help? <laughs> and I love what Jesus' response is. Like, Martha, Martha. He's like, you are worried and concerned about so many things. So many things. But the one thing that she's doing will not be taken away from her, Mary. And that's sitting with me. And we talked about how when we want to make our relationship, our highest passion, we need to learn to sit. Sit down with our God and withdraw, maybe one-on-one -on -one with him. And we need to do this on a daily basis. Find your time. I learned one of the, one of the uh, most uh, um, secluded areas today, I'm speaking today, and I just found a statistic out two days ago, I think it was, three days ago, is in your shower. Because you think about it, it's the only time you don't probably have your phone on you. Okay, I, I, just, I just encourage everybody, seize that moment, start there, and then grow from there. Because we're talking about growing, right? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, for this time that we're able to just dive into your word, Father. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that your will be done, that the words I speak is not from me, but from your throne, from your heart, Father. Speak to your sheep. Speak to your people, Father God. Holy Spirit, just minister us in a hundred different ways, piercing our hearts, piercing our minds. Thank you for this opportunity in Jesus' name, and we all say amen and amen. All right, so I'm very excited about this one. For some reason, I, I don't know why, but today we're going to be talking about discipleship, okay, from fellowship to relationship to now becoming a disciple, discipleship. And what literally disciple, disciple is a student, but I love the, the, the definition of what discipleship is, and it's being close to God, just being close to God. You see, when you're close to God, you can be in tune with God. And so how do we get someone who's now in a relationship to be close to God? Like, I've been in a relationship with my wife for about 15 years, but I've been married for about 10. We actually, when we got married, we were close. I see her every day. 
I'm with her all the time. You see, so we grew from our relationship to now just being with each other, to being close to each other. And Jesus wants that with our Heavenly Father. He wants us to be close with him. And so we're going to be talking about discipleship. When you look at um, the book of John, uh, it tells us that Jesus is, okay, Jesus is the word. Everyone say, Jesus is the word. You see, and when you look at the 12 in the New Testament, you'll see the 12 disciples, they're walking and staying close to the word, Jesus. Wherever Jesus went, they were there. The 12 were there. They followed. They dropped everything about their lives. They were fishermen. Some were tax collectors. I mean, they dropped everything to be close to Jesus, to be close to his word. They wanted to grow, not just in fellowship and relationship, but become uh, and, and grow in discipleship. And so the three years that the disciples were walking with them, the three years that they were with them, they were just drawing nearer and nearer. You see, growing into a disciple means they have to stay close to the word of God. You growing into discipleship means you have to grow close to God. Here's the thing. Discipleship is not a program. Could be, but it's not. Discipleship is not a curriculum. It can be, but it's not. Discipleship, and hear this one, discipleship is a lifestyle. Discipleship is following and being close in our personal. It doesn't mean we sit in class and we learn, which that's not bad, but discipleship is an everyday, every moment deal. We want to grow from discipleship, and we want to continue to multiply the, the disciples. Jesus said it in his word. Make more disciples. Make more disciples. See, calling yourself, calling yourself a Christian doesn't grow you. We can call ourselves Christian all day, and that's good. We are, we are in this Christianity world right now with what we're doing here at Res Life. But calling yourself a Christian doesn't grow you, okay? It's diving into his word that grows you as a disciple. And we need to kind of get that into perspective sometimes, maybe in certain areas of our lives. What, I, I'm, what I'm pretty much saying is that it is important that we go to this. It is important that, that we go to this. Sunday with you guys is amazing, but every day we should be in this. The Bible, his word, because his word is life. When we're able to, uh, uh, to grow in this, we're able to expand maybe those that are around us. We're able to lead people to come and draw nearer to God so they can create something. And so I encourage you guys and to remember this, that it is important that we dive into the word of God Let's go to scripture now. Matthew 4, 4. This uh, chapter here in Matthew 4, 4, we see Jesus. He's uh, just got done getting water baptized, and he goes straight to the wilderness. Who's ever been water baptized before? I know I have. And I went straight to the cupcakes right after that. <laughs> just being out. We celebrated. I mean, we do it here. When we do something, we celebrate. Or maybe families took you out to the buffet, and we celebrated. Jesus gets water baptized, and he goes, does the opposite. He goes straight to the wilderness and starts fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. You think we should do that? No one's talking. Okay. All right. <laughs> Here's the thing. Jesus, Jesus gets into, this, uh, um, into the wilderness, and the scripture says he's hungry. Okay? So I know I've been hungry before. Yesterday I was hungry, and I ate yesterday. <laughs> it was awesome. Danny took me out. Danny Dan took me and Marty out to eat. Well, here's the thing. When I'm hungry, I feel it. I feel it. Has anybody ever gotten so hungry that you're hangry? You guys, if you don't know what hangry is, is you're hungry, and you're angry at the same time, but you're only angry because you're hungry. 
So there's things that we fight. And the Bible says Jesus was hungry. And the devil knew that. And so what the devil does is he comes out there and he, uh, <laughs> he comes out there and he just lays it before him. He says, if you would worship me, I would give you. If you're the son of God, you would. And he just kept coming at Jesus. And I love what Jesus does and how he counters back. Because every single moment, Jesus kept countering back with scripture, with the Bible. He didn't, he didn't have to say, get whatever. Pop. He just came back with scripture. He knew his word. He knew his father. And look what four, verse 4 says, Matthew 4, 4. Jesus answered, it is written. Everyone say, it is written. All right, so whenever you want to know what is written, open this baby up. Don't put this on your nightstand. Don't put it on your pillow. Don't just hug it. Crack the baby open. Start reading it. Because it is written, okay? Now, it is written, Jesus says, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man, he told, he told Satan, what's up? Yeah, I'm hungry, but I don't live by just bread. I live by every word because it is written. And I am still writing is what he told him probably. Now, I went to the message translation, and I love the message translation. Same verse, and it says it takes, Jesus says it takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of God's word in our mouth to stay alive. Hmm. So when there's not food in my mouth, there should be word in my mouth. <laughs> you see, it's so good to grow, but Jesus is wanting us to speak out what is written in the Bible. And if we don't prioritize, if we don't crack this baby open, what do we fill our mouth with then? So we, it's important that we, we, we go to that. Spiritually, Okay? Spiritually, Christians can't live without the word of God. You can claim it, but you cannot live without the word of God. It requires us to go to this. We need this, the scriptures, so we can drop it into here ultimately. Acts, chapter, uh, Acts 20, verse 32 says, Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, okay? which can build you up, that's key right there, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I mean, the scripture shows that, says that I commit to you, God, and to the word, everyone say word, word. of his grace. It's God's word, okay? It's God's words that makes Christians strong. You guys keeping up with me? It is God's word that keeps us strong, not us, not even just going to Sunday, uh, church. It is his word in us that keeps us going, like the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> it just keeps us going. You will never grow spiritually <laughs> without God's word. You won't. You can't. can't grow spiritually if you're not in his word. You can't even be an effective disciple without God's word. We're starting to see how important it is now. And, and the reason why I bring this to you is not because of, a, of a, a, a condemnation type of deal. It's more of a, hey, let's check ourselves for a second. Where are we at in such a busy, busy, busy world with all the events that are happening around us everywhere? Are we still in this thing? 
And whether it's on your phone or whether it's on here, am I still applying the word of God? Remember, discipleship is not a title. It's a lifestyle. Now, there are a couple of things that the word does, and I want to share with you guys. The first one, we just read it, okay? It says that the word builds us up. It builds the believer up, okay? The word builds the believer up. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says every scripture is inspired. Everybody and say inspired. Every scripture is inspired by God, and all of them are used for teaching, pointing out errors, correcting people, and training them, now listen to this, for a life that has God's approval, okay? For a life that has God's approval. Have you ever, have you ever had a conversation with someone who you're just doing stuff for the God and a man doesn't approve what you're doing? And it's because it's a certain way that we should be doing it. We need to understand this scripture because he is teaching us through his word by correcting, teaching, I mean, and showing us so we can have a life that's approved. A heavenly father through his scriptures is showing us through the Holy Spirit of what we need to do so we can continue to multiply what's happening within us. It's a lifestyle. When God's word builds us up, we can also build up others too. I have some rough days. I know we all have rough days. There are times where I have to go see people and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a hard one. But if it, it is his word, and I'm just being honest, it is his word that keeps me going and I'm able to have a conversation that could potentially lead to something that's more eternal. And there are so many times I went to that cookout because it was God's power. God telling, and I was able to speak some, some truth to bring someone into light because of his word, not because of what I thought. It is his word that kept me going. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, when your words came, I ate them. Who likes eating? <laughs> Amen. I know everyone likes eating, right? <laughs> when your words came, okay, I ate them. I'm not telling you to literally open your mouth and put a page in your, in your yeah, don't do that, okay? Because <laughs> then we're going to have a meeting. <laughs> Here's the, this is what I am saying, okay? I ate them. He says, when you eat them, you digest it, and it nourishes your body spiritually, the way real food does. Yesterday, they took me to get some Puerto Rican food, Danny and Dinah, me and Madi, and I had something that was so good. I had a little taste of it like two weeks ago. Danny gave me a little sandwich. And then when we went to that restaurant, he had, I had said, I want that what you gave me. He's like, dude, I gave you like this. It's going to be this big. I said, challenge on, bring it. I couldn't make it. I was close, but I did not make it. It was awesome. But because I remembered how good it tastes, I wanted it again. When you eat in the word, when you, when you digest the word, you go right back to it. Mm, can I get a little bit more of that? How about I get a side of worship <laughs> and some fellowship? Now I'm getting hungry, okay. All right, so let me finish that scripture. When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. For I bear your name. He eats because it's all him. And, he, and Jeremiah understood that. Eating can be very tasty. And when you taste the word of God, it is so sweet. I had a story a long time ago I shared with you. Uh, some of you guys might not know this, but when I was about seven years old, I was still on a bottle because <laughs> of my grandma. Okay, don't bring it up ever again, but here's, here's what I'm trying to say. Okay? She would buy a pink bottle 
okay, to, to hide it from my mom. So when my mom saw it, she'd blame one of my cousins or my, someone else's bottle. And so what my grandma would do, she would, she would continue to give me a bottle when I would stay at my grandma's house. And my mom thought I was off the bottle at age like three. I'm seven now, okay. And, uh-uh. But what my grandma would do, see, this is the reason why it draw me back to it, was she would put chocolate milk in it. Not just milk, but chocolate milk. <laughs> okay. Oh, man, why am I saying this? <laughs> she would put chocolate milk in, in, in the bottle, okay? And for some reason, when we would be home and it's a bowl of cereal or if it's a glass of milk my mom would pour, I would not want the milk. I've had milk, but the reason why I didn't want it was because there was no chocolate. There was no chocolate, so I don't want it, so I don't like it, Mom. And till this day, even my wife says, why are you dumping the milk out? I would dump the milk out of my cereal. I don't drink the milk for some reason. It's just, if it's not chocolate, I don't want it <laughs> still. But here's what, this is what I'm saying. I don't know why I'm telling you this story, right? Remember, don't ever bring it up again. <laughs> the reason why I'm telling you this story is because when I tasted chocolate milk, I've always had milk, but when I tasted chocolate milk, I didn't want to go back. I wanted that. I still want that. <laughs> When you live a life without Christ, or maybe someone you know lives a life without Christ, and they taste him, they don't want to go back. Why do you want to go back? This, taste, this, this is my chocolate milk. <laughs> this is my chocolate milk. His word is what keeps the church going. His word is what keeps you guys going. You're the church, people. You're the church. We just meet up at Res Life Building, but God wants us to go beyond these four walls. But we need to apply. We need to eat. We need to come. His word is tasty. His word is so tasty. You will always want to go back for more. Anybody have a favorite restaurant? If I said, let's treat you out, want to go somewhere, what would you say? Let's go to that restaurant. Because it tastes good to you. His word is the same way. Now, there are three things that happens, okay? Three things that happen when we grow through discipleship, okay? Remember, I, I'm going to stop for a second because I feel like I have to share this right now. We've talked about fellowship. We've talked about relationship. Now we're talking about discipleship. Just because you grow doesn't mean you forget about the other ones. You continue to apply the fellowshipping, the, the, the relational, uh, and the discipleship. You continue to do that. Okay? Doesn't mean, oh, next level. Okay, don't have to do any of that anymore. That, that doesn't happen. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay? Because you continue to grow and apply uh, what's there. Okay, so again, going back to discipleship, there are three things that happen when we grow in discipleship. And the first thing we, that happens, okay, is this. His word changes the way you think. His word changes the way you think. Hey, the way you think. Ever, ever have issues about, man, my mind is going, ah, I can't stop. His word changes the way you think. Isaiah 55, 8 says, for my thoughts, okay, God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. See, your thoughts are not my thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. See, I have ways, God says, for you, and if you apply my ways into your life, watch heaven hit earth. Boom. Watch heaven hit earth. That's what he's saying in Isaiah not only do you read the Bible, the Bible reads you. The Bible reads you. He comes at you. Scripture comes alive at you through the Holy Spirit, and it changes you. It changes the way you, you think, how, how, you, how God views things. See, our thinking can be 
helpful or hurtful. It could be an ally or an enemy, depending what decisions that we're making, depending what we're doing, because this is what happens when we're not pouring his word into our thoughts. We're only allowing the world to flood it. When we don't pour the word into our thoughts, then the world's going to flood it with its worries, with its anxieties, with its fear, and with its doubt. The word will flood it. And floods are not fun. But pouring something always is. And so when we, we don't pour the word of God into our, our thought life, we don't, we don't allow it to, us to digest and eat it, worries start coming up, anxieties and fear and doubt, because Scripture teaches every single one of those things about worry, fear, doubt. He teaches us. Jesus, Sermon on the Mountain, talks about it to the people. It's in red letters, people. That means Jesus is talking. And he talks about those things that try to flood our minds so we don't focus. But here's the thing. The enemy knows that. You see, the enemy knew Jesus was was hungry, so he was going to throw everything at him. The enemy knows when we go through stuff. He's going to throw the kitchen sink at you. But when you can counter with Scripture, because this is what the enemy is trying to target, okay? He's trying to target your confidence. He's trying to target your identity. And he's also trying to t- target your purpose in life. And if he can target those things and, and flood it at where you point where you don't see it, this is what he's doing. And so what we need to do is we need to counter back. Well, how? Romans 12 tells us. Romans 12, 2 tells us to renew our minds daily. Daily in his word. Romans 12, 2 says, renew your mind daily into my word. Guys, when you do that, when you're intimate with God, you, can't, you, you will not be intimidated by any circumstance. You will not because the promises are right here. The promises are right here. You guys okay out there? See, what makes disciples is getting the word way, way, way deep inside us and then measuring truth by what the word says, by measuring it. What I'm trying to say, it's important that we filter filter everything through his word. And when we filter everything through his word, the Bible will change your values, your priorities, your morality. It, it'll, it'll change all of that. Uh, I just changed my filter in my fridge uh, a week ago. So like our light on our fridge would like turn yellow, then red. And when it's red, that means we got to change the filter out. It's, it's you know, new, time for a new filter. And you can tell when you, when you leave a, the, the dirty filter in there or a fil- no filter, like the water comes out a little... Weird. I don't know why. It just comes out a little weird. I don't want to say dingy or dirty because we don't have dirty water, but it's just not purified. But when I pop that baby in and I twist it, I hear. That's when you hear the water already kind of just generate through. There's a filter, a clean one. And because of it, I'm able to drink refreshing water. When you make decisions in your life, when you face a decision or, or a relationship or you just don't know what to do and you filter it through his word. And you crack this baby open, you're going to hear him. And you're just going to know exactly what's going on. Oh, I know what to do now. <laughs> Got to break up with that person so I can be more in tune. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Here's the thing, guys. His word changes the way we think. But his word, number two, changes the way we talk. The way we talk. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Okay, the Apostle Paul, he writes, it is written. Oh, man, there it is again. Everyone say, it is written. All right, that means we got to go to this, right? We getting it? 
Okay, it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. That's right, okay? God's word in our mouth. I believe, therefore I have spoken. And since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe, therefore speak. That's right, we speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with him uh, to, to himself. Speaking God's word, okay, means putting his word in our mouth and in our hearts. Speaking God's word is what the believer needs to do. Speaking God's word is imitating our heavenly father. Speaking God's word, okay, speaking God's word. God's going to teach you through his spirit. God is going to teach you how to speak. But how do we speak on something we really don't know as much? Not questioning salvation, questioning if, if we're in our word daily and when we can speak truth out. Do you guys remember a long time ago I did, it was back in December, I think it was a youth takeover. I did this message on uh, uh, when we speak, I had this huge sword. You guys remember that or not? Okay, I had this, if you guys weren't here, I had this huge sword and so many times we want to uh, counter, you know, just the word. And that sword represented the word of God. But when the enemy attacks and we don't encounter his word or we don't know his word, I pulled out a small pocket knife. And so when financial, uh, finances hit, maybe not for the good, and we don't encounter that, we come at him with this little dinky thing, and we tell the devil, Jesus wept, baby. That's it. Because that's all we really know. And so what I want to teach you guys, I want to show you guys is this. God wants you to draw it out when you need it. So when your employees, or employer, I mean, when your employer says, well, you can't really go, you're not qualified. You know in your heart, but I can do all things in Christ Jesus who gives me strength. When, when, when I don't know what the next mortgage is going to, where is it going to come from? Well, my dad owns cattle on a thousand hills. And if I stay faithful and true to him, if I, if I walk in his obedience and he knows my prayer, my petition, and I give him thanksgiving, he will show up. Does anybody believe that? Here's the thing. Okay, I'm not talking about a name it and claim it, okay, because that's not wise. What I am talking about is just simply knowing your word, simply valuing it so you can grow as his disciple and continue forth, and you can multiply. That's all I want to teach you guys is to grow in him. Now, the third thing is his word not only uh, teaches what, helps us think or, or what to say, but his word shows us the way to go. His word shows us the way to go. Psalms 119, 105, your word is my lamp for my feet, a light of my path, on my path. You see, I have four children, you guys know that already, and uh, we'll play this every, a lot in the summertime, but you know, not a whole lot during school time. We play hide and seek in the dark, okay? Well, over the summer, we're playing hide and seek in the dark, and if you guys played hide and seek in the dark, it's just a flashlight and found ya, you know, or, you know, it's just hide and seek, but it's in the dark and someone has a flashlight. Okay, so my youngest daughter, Mila, okay, over the summer, she was it, no problem, the house is quiet, she's kind of just doing her thing, and found you, Daddy, and found you, Joshua, you know, all the way through the house, and we were just laughing. We play like five, six rounds, well, now it's getting late, all right, it's time for bed, guys. They go to bed, and I shut the lights off, Dad, I'm scared, I'm scared of the dark, is what she says. And I, and I look at Mila, I say, Mila, we were just playing in the dark, 
We were just playing in the dark. You were just in a second ago. We were all hiding on purpose. There was no one. You could have felt like no one was in the house, and you weren't scared then. Why are you scared now? She said, I, I don't know. And then she said this, can I keep the flashlight? Ah, there it is. There was light on her path when we were playing the game. There was light to her feet, and she was being guided around the house where she couldn't trip. See, there are times, guys, where we, we go through that. We don't know what to do. God, what am I going to do? You know his scripture. You know his word. You, wanna go, you, 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 you speak things out. But here's the thing. It's still dark and scary. And God said, hey, you've been in this boat before. You know what it's like. You've even ministered to people that were in the boat at that time. You were telling them the truth. Now you're in it. What's going on? Are we going to his word for our light? Are we shining his word for our path? Check it. That's all I'm saying is just check yourself. I'm going to be honest. I fall in that a lot. Sometimes I forget. God, what? But then I remember. Well, the Spirit of God reminds me. His word. And then there's light on my path. Oh, God, I remember. You were faithful. And you showed me the way when I couldn't see. And when there's an obstacle, you showed me. And you said, veer around it. And I went around. And I came right back on. His word is our lamp for our feet so you can know where to go when he guides you. His word empowers our life. Going down a little bit more in that scripture, uh, 119 verse 128. Each of, your, each of your commandments is right. Oh God. That is why I hate every false way. Each of your commandments is right. We need to believe and understand that his word is final. His word is right. His word is just. But it's not fair. It wasn't fair for Jesus to die on the cross. But it's not about what's fair. It's about what's right. But they did this to me. I should, no, no. It's about doing what is right. Because his word is right. And when we understand that, guys, life is sweeter. Life is pleasant because his word is in our hearts and his word is right. His word is right when, uh, and when we don't need to question him. His word is right about our marriages or what marriage is. Let's be real. His word is right about marriages. His word is right about parenting, how we do it, how we discipline. His word is right about employers and employees and how we work with them even when it's hard, his word is right. His word is right about money and how we handle it and how we steward it. His word is right about sin, what sin is sin. His word is right about everything. Are you guys getting that? His word is right about everything. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, you guys I'm talking to, as a disciple as Jesus Christ of Jesus Christ, we accept God's word as truth. But I don't see it then we live by faith and not by sight because his word said it and his word is right. Apply it here. Satan's goal, okay? Satan's goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. We know that, okay? But Satan's goal is to steal the word from our hearts. Remember the birds of the year in the parable? You remember how some seed fell on, on shallow soil, some seed fell, fell on, if you don't know what I'm talking about, we've been talking about it the last two weeks, go to Mark 4, read the parable, okay? Some seeds scattered, and the whole time, the birds of the air, boop, boop. 
Satan's goal is to steal what is planted in our hearts, okay, and away from our, our lives, to steal the word. That's what he's trying to do. But his word in our heart is the most valuable thing we could possibly have in our lives. His word, okay, everyone say his word. His word is the most precious thing we could have in our hearts. Church, I encourage you, don't just own word here. When you go out there, when you leave today, and when you go to work tomorrow, and you want to work all week, and when you come to Saturday, all the way to next week, continue to draw from his word. Continue to go to his word. Continue to walk in his word. Continue to look through his word. His word is what grows a disciple. Jesus' disciples, the 12, followed and stayed close to the word of God, Jesus Christ. And we may not have him here physically, but through the Holy Spirit and through his scriptures, we have him within us. Within us. There's an advantage that we have from the Old Testament and the New Testament. Old Testament, you look at Samson, you look at David, you look at all uh, Jonah, you look at all these, these great Bible heroes that, that we see. They all had problems, by the way. But it's so cool. When you go to Scripture, and I challenge you guys, go to the Old Testament. Look up these guys. Look up Samson for, for this week then. Every time his strength came, the word Scripture, right before he did something mighty in the physical, it, the, the Scripture before, or the words before it says, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. It came upon him. Did you know you have one up on Samson? Because the Spirit of the Lord lives within you. It is always with you. It's not in your hair like Samson. It's not when every moment you are walking and operating according to the Holy Spirit that's within you. Cherish it. This is the most precious thing we could have. I encourage you. You're looking for answers? I will help you, but I am not your answer. I am just a man, but I can point to you. To, I can point for you who the answer is, and I can help show you. And there may be things I don't know, but hey, if you will commit and say, hey, let's do this together, let's do it. And I, let's crack the baby open and see what it says. Because his word is right. Let's pray. Close our eyes. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, for this opportunity. Of the fact that we were able just to marinate in, in, your, in your message, Father God. I pray that whatever was spoken, Father God, that it would just resonate within our hearts, within our belly, Father God. And I pray, Holy Spirit, start speaking to us right now. We want this, Father. We want to continue to grow. Church, I have two invitations for you, okay? First invitation. You know Christ. You've done Christ. But you maybe felt like you're just at a steady, just kind of not inclining, but just kind of staying steady and, and going with what things are looking like. But you want to increase. You want to grow. And your second invitation, guys, is maybe you never heard of Christ this way. Never, maybe you never uh, asked him to be in your heart this way. But bottom line, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And you want to come to him. This invitation is for you. Don't prolong it. Don't wait for it. Just believe what Christ did for you on the, on the cross at Calvary and how he died for you, had you in his heart, and then he rose again from death to life. On any of those two invites, on the count of three, everyone's eyes closed, I want you to shoot your hand up. I just want to simply lead you in a prayer. One, I want Jesus. Two, I need Jesus. Three, shoot your hand up. God bless you. 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 
This is your time, guys. This is your time. This is your time, and God has been calling, and he just wants you to come back home. Anybody else? A few more seconds. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. They're everywhere, guys. Church, if you already have them, continue to pray. Because this is what counts. And we will rejoice on what he's doing. A few more seconds. Anybody want Jesus? I need him. All right, church, we're going to do this as a church family. Let's all go ahead and put one hand over our heart. I want everyone to say this because according to Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says that if you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, you will be saved and you will be with him eternally starting now. You can have the Holy Spirit live in your heart. Mean this with all your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus, I know you died for me. For all of my sins, I am sorry, but I receive your forgiveness and in your mercy. Father, put the Holy Spirit in me. Holy Spirit, guide my life every day. I claim that I am your child now. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's children say,